Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. We've made it to the halfway point of the week. So Chiefs get back out on the field uh, today, do a little practice. Um, We should hear from everyone as far as how they're doing health-wise later on this morning, early afternoon. Um, I don't even really want to ask this question. And you know, it's crazy that we even have to ask this question because it really shouldn't be that big of an issue. But you know what? It is the NFL, and I've got to ask, Who's reffing this game on Sunday? It'll be John Hussey, and this will be... Hussey's not a newcomer. He's been around for a number of years. A solid referee. Has had one Chiefs game this year. Uh, Keep in mind, he's the referee. It is not his crew. It's an all-star crew that they put together for the, uh, the playoffs, and these are all individuals who have graded very high with the NFL office. So they... Allegedly, or the best of the official English Well, how high, that, how high is that bar, Ned? Well, keep, keep in mind now, <laughs> this is not the Super Bowl yet. True. That's the highest. But anyway, John Hussey will be the referee. Had one Chiefs game. The one Chiefs game that he did have earlier this year was the win over the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, just a very interesting little note out of that. In that game, there were zero pass interference. That's what I want to hear. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. If this guy's going to let these dudes play, that's going to play into our favor because our D-backs, they're not, I mean, Sneed's big, but most of our guys are small guys and they have to be physical. And if they can be physical on these bigger dudes, that's going to help us big time. Hopefully and, that's and the case. And in my opinion, there is nothing, nothing wrong, nothing illegal with the D-back being physical on a receiver. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that at all. And I do have a problem with the interference calls. Interference should be called, in my opinion, the one universal uh, episode that needs to be judged by the officials is tackling the guy before he's got the ball, grabbing him, pinning his arms, dragging him down. That's interference. But going up and battling for the football, oh, he got him with his shoulder. Come on, people. Grow up a little bit. That's part of physical contact in football, and they they need to rectify all of that and make it one solid rule, not just in the NFL, but in all levels of football. You know what, though? It, it's never going to be that way because you look at what happens with, with just hold calls and how and how sometimes you see things, or hell, r- roughing the passer calls. Some guy brushes the guy's face mask, and, oh, that's roughing the passer, and then you see another guy in the next play get tackled, and they just, oh, that's not a well, call. the roughing the passer in a case like that isn't really roughing the passer. It's hands to the face. Yeah. That's what they're looking but, for. And the key in roughing the passer is below the waist hitting. That's not allowed. Well, it's just, I there, there, there are so many different things, I think. It's not just pass interference. There's definitely whole call issues, sometimes yeah. roughing issues. That's just like, there needs to be, if it's going to do that, it needs to be across the board because there's so many other things that need to be just as uniform, I think. But I'm with you 110%. I'd rather them get to play the game and be physical because football is a physical game now. If it's blatant, it's blatant. And everyone knows it's blatant. The ticky-tack stuff is when you, oh, man, that's when you find holes in my walls at home. Uh, Kind of a uh, late-season flame-out in Arizona has definitely not gone well with their fan base, and who can blame them? Uh, They've had a very long drought, and they had very high hopes in the early part of the season. They have a new quarterback who's just blowing things away, and then all of a sudden, someone throws the e-brake on, and they're done. Hill, they were 10-2 and at the start of the season. Ten wins, two losses. I, for one, thought, hey, this is a Super Bowl-challenging team. Kyler Murray is just running this team the way he should. Cliff Kingsbury, their coach from Texas Tech, wide-open coach, 
He's fooled the NFL. He's got an offense going and then all of a sudden lose five of their final six games, flame out in the playoffs. They were not in that playoff game with the Rams. They were never even a, it wasn't a contest at all. And that did not sit well. Well, who do you point the finger at? Well, it's got to be the coach, Cliff Kling, uh, Kingsbury. He had big success at Texas Tech. He's This is his third year with the Cardinals and had some pretty good, pretty good levels of teams. Kyler Murray, fine quarterback, but something has happened. They're not together. They're not playing well together. And that's not going to sit very well because I think there were high hopes to get that team in at least a third round of the playoffs. They had the uh, win now mode going, which it's unfortunate. But yeah, it's interesting to see. We'll see see what they do any any kind of moves off season once the season ends. Um, so with baseball and talks right now, uh, are they still allowed to do Hall of Fame? Yeah, the Hall of Fame business? is not a part of Major League Baseball. Okay. Hall of Fame is a separate entity on its own. Now they are Major League Baseball players, yeah, of course. Yeah. And MLB says, hey, this is great. They love it and all that sort of thing. But in terms of control, it's done by Cooperstown, the Hall of Fame. And the, the voting for those who are still eligible, and that's this is the first. You're, when, when you're nominated for the Hall of Fame, you have 10 years to get enough votes to get in. And a lot of these guys are right at the cusp. Sammy Sosa, people like that. They're right there. After 10 years, then your name goes off the list, and you go into what's called the Golden Days era. Oh, my God, the golden days here. Can't they come up with something better than that? They, now, we already know who is going in that, that those guys were already named. And this this hurts me badly because it's guys like Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, Buck O'Neill, Minnie Minoso, Tony Oliva, guys who I saw play as a kid. And that's the golden days? Well, I guess I better face the fact. You just made this old man mad. Uh, so when are they going to announce the newest members? January 25th. Okay, so we're getting close to that. Well, that'll be interesting to see. Do um, Another question. Do they votes over the years accumulate? No. So no. it's every year you start over once you hit that in your end. Okay, that is correct. Gotcha. But you do have to hit the 75% yeah. of, the, uh, of the ballots. And uh, some are very close. Others have not been very close. Mark McGuire, for instance, he falls way short every yeah. single year. Well, he's approaching that time. Today. Yeah, he, he might be in the golden years or golden days before you know it, Ned. So we talked about some of the accolades a player on the Bears has been getting uh, recently and definitely deserving of. You think he's going to have a big game tonight? This is an interesting clash coming up tonight. The Bears play Illinois State, and Illinois State pinned the Bears with the in, in their first conference game came from behind and won in overtime uh, over the Bears up at Normal, Illinois. That was December 1st. Then they took a month away from conference play and then restarted it here just a couple of weeks ago. Big game for Missouri State. They have two in the loss column. They cannot afford another one because a couple of the other teams like Loyola and Drake and Northern Iowa are beginning to get hot now and are well, they're ahead of the Bears. So Missouri State needs to win this one. You're talking about Isaiah Mosley. This is really interesting. He's had three straight games of 30 or more points. He's not only the Valley Player of the Week, he is a National Player of the Week. The guy has scored 43 points, 33, and 32 in three straight games. How has he done this and why has he done this? Well, (laughs) it's a change in strategy by Missouri State. His predecessor as the team's top scorer was Gage Prim, the big center. Well, teams are double-teaming Gage Prim and taking him right out of the action. So what he has done is 
served as the feeder, the assist man, and been giving the ball to Mosley, who is, can crank it up. Tonight, I'm anxious to see what Illinois State does. If they double-team Mosley, that means they have to single-team Gage Prim, and he's a one-on-one a terror. Nobody can stop him. I think this bodes very well for Missouri State in every single way things shape up. Anxious to see what happens. Game starts at 7 at JQH Arena tonight. Should be a very interesting test. And don't make Ned mad and not go because we oh. saw how many people were there for the TOC. Better get your butt out there and root on your bears tonight, right? Well, TOC had snow on Saturday. Held the crowd to 11,000 full house. Get your butt out there. Um, so it's crazy to say this, uh, but... We've kind of been not really having a whole lot to talk about baseball because they're still in the negotiations, but that doesn't stop college baseball from rolling, and the uh, Missouri State Bears baseball team get playing here pretty soon, don't they? Every year, uh, Coach Keith Gutton, this is year number 13, as a matter of fact, uh, he has what he calls his first pitch celebration, and it's a little gathering. We have it at the Bill Rowe Training Center over at Hammonds Field, and it's February 5th this year, 13th year for it. A lot of the baseball alums come back. The fans are invited in. A lot of memorabilia. There's an auction, a lot of auctions, as a matter of fact, silent and live auction. And there's always, or seemingly always, a guest who comes in. We've had Ryan Howard. We've had Bill Miller. We had, oh gosh, we've had any number of them. And the uh, the fact of the matter remains, it is a great way for Missouri State to kick off the season because they begin only a week later. And this year, the Bears are opening up way down south. I think it's Conway, Arkansas, which isn't very far south. Anyway, the bottom line is this. The first pitch celebration is coming up Saturday night, February 5th, Hill Road Training Center. This year's guest is going to be Jake Berger. Jake was the Chicago White Sox number one draft choice in 2017 from Missouri State, of course, a great All-America at Missouri State, but he's had big-time injury problems, Achilles tendon problems. He's over it now, got back, got a little bit of action last year with the White Sox, and they're a good team. That's Tony La Russa's ball club, and he is hoping now to really crack the starting lineup and get in as a third baseman or a designated hitter or something. Anyway, Jake will be the special guest. Uh, we'll interview him, but there are many others. Many of the baseball alums come in, and the Bears have a glittering a array oh, of yeah. outstanding baseball alums. And it's just a really good time and a lot of fun. And the public's invited, of course. Hey, tickets are on sale now. It's always a big deal, and it's Saturday, February 5th. And it benefits Missouri State Baseball Bears, oh, which, yes, is, a good, gosh, which yes. is a very good thing, and that's the, that's the end of the story. Um, last but not least, we did add some big college games last night, didn't we? Well, we had both Missouri and Arkansas playing last night, and Missouri's really, really been up and down this year. They needed a win, and they got a win. Went down to Oxford, Mississippi, play Ole Miss. Ole Miss is one of the weaker sisters in the Southeastern Conference, and Missouri kicked their behind 78-53. to That's wow. a nice win for the <laughs> yeah. Missouri Tigers. There was twice during the game that Ole Miss made a comeback, but it wasn't anywhere near enough. And the Tigers get a win, and I'm sure Conzo is resting a little easier tonight. Uh, Arkansas played South Carolina. Gamecocks aren't really Frank Martin's their coach, and they he's in charge of building that program. Martin's a very good coach. But they've had trouble getting the key players in there. Arkansas beat South Carolina 77-59. to Kansas, oh my. Kansas was in Norman, Oklahoma. Porter Mosher, Loyola's coach the last couple of years, is now Oklahoma's coach. And Porter Mosher's done a good job. 
He had KU beaten last night. This is Kansas, folks. Number seven team in America. Lost it down the stretch. Ah, Kansas, God, you hate to see it. <laughs> Kansas 67, Oklahoma 64. And that heralds the scene for some really big games coming up. They're all very important now. We're late January. Yeah. Getting yeah. into, you're starting to gear your teams up for the tournaments and so forth and so on. Getting close to those conference tournaments and then the big tourney. Ned, you have a great day and stay warm, my man.